No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, no comparison, my friend. Ah, my friend, sorry, a little distracted there. Uh, welcome back to another edition of an All of America Audio. Here it is, season 10. Uh, we had sort of an unexpected break there um, after William Zabel. We needed to catch our breath, folks, let's be honest. We needed to catch our breath after that uh, marathon conversation with William Zabel, and then it was my birthday, and uh, I was just uh, swept up in a whole bunch of stuff, I'll tell you about at the end of the show. and. Uh, we wanted to be back last week, um, but our guest was uh, under the weather, and I wanted to bring our A game here because, uh, as I said in, in the in the build up to the show, uh, our guest is Kendall Carver of the International Cruise Victims Organization, and uh, you know we've done a lot of shows over the years, folks. We've done just uh, over 300 shows easily now, I think, at this point. And um, of all the shows I've done, I guess I don't, I don't know if I'd say this is the uh, one of the proudest shows I've had, but I, I think it's one of the ones I hang my hat on the most is our conversations with Kendall Carver. Um, you know, he, like a lot of the great, um, memorable, and, and, and just uh, truly amazing BOA Audio guests, he's someone who I stumbled upon by accident and was just completely blown away um, by his story and by his work. And, you know, uh, as I said in the buildup, I think it's um, – I think he is uh, one of the most important guests we've ever had on this show. Uh, not only has he testified before Congress about issues concerning um, cruise ship passenger safety, but, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know about our show, but certainly through his work, I mean, lives have been saved through this stuff, folks. I mean, he's raised awareness about these issues, and, and I mean, I, just, I don't have any doubt that lives have been saved uh, through the work of Kendall Carver, and hopefully more can in the future, because... Uh, and people who hear about what we're talking about, at first they they're often like, "What is what is this stuff? What are you like? What are you crazy?" No, folks, this is serious stuff. This is dead serious stuff. This is uh, stuff that you need to know. If you've never heard Kendall Carver on the show before, by the time this show's over, uh, you're going to be like, "Whoa, this is <laughs> this is this is really uh, amazing." And if you've heard him before, chances are you're definitely tuning in because uh, every time we've talked to him, it's been absolutely riveting. So, welcome back to the show, Kendall. Uh, you know, this is my last season of doing like a week-to-week show, and uh, I said this to a lot of guests coming on the program uh, this season, and I mean it especially for you. I wouldn't be doing a final season. I had to have you on uh, this season because, as I said, you're the mo- one of the most important guests we've ever had on the program, and your work is so important. And I, when I was putting together the other list, you were right at the top of the list. I was like, we got to get Kendall Carver back on the show because uh, his his stuff is just so 
uh, mind-blowing and thought-provoking and, uh, and worrisome and troubling and hopefully hopeful in the future if we can get make some changes here on this. So welcome back to the show. I hope you've been doing well. I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, it's good to be back, Tim. Uh, we did our first show, what, three or four years ago? Oh, kind of longer than that because uh, I was just looking here at the well, – now I don't have it up in yeah, – here it is. Um, yeah, we last talked, I can tell you now. Uh, we first did our first show in 2012, so yeah, and that was that was the that was the first time I had talked to you because I was looking to talk to somebody about initially sort of like uh, you know mysterious disappearances, and then I I came upon your uh, your daughter's story and your work, and I was like, what is going on with these cruise ships? Like like I'd always kind of had a fascination with it, but I didn't know anyone was actually working on this issue, and then when I found out about your organization, we had that initial conversation. I was completely blown away. And then we actually talked, I was looking it up, the last time we chatted was back in uh, July of 2014. That was right after the congressional hearings on cruise ship safety So uh, of, of 2014. I'm sure you probably recall that. I think that was with the people, specific sort of, uh, I don't know what you'd call victims. Victims of the, of of the, of of, of uh, poor cruise ship safety were uh, testifying before Congress. You recall that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's been, well, it's been almost four years. It's been three and a half years since we've talked. And the last time we chatted, and we'll sort of bring folks up to speed in a little bit. But I personally want to get get an update on this because I'm surprised. I could have sworn we had done a show after this, but we. Apparently did not. Now, last time I heard from you uh, regarding this, I mean, we talked on and off about other stuff, but um, was that they, let me see where I have this now. Congress passed the Coast Guard reauthorization bill in bipartisan fashion. Included in the bill was a provision that one of several cruise passenger safety provisions in the uh, Cruise Passenger Protection Act uh, was in there. So that was back in December of 2014. So I guess... I guess to, to to bring us up to speed on on what's been going on in, in the meantime with that, because uh, I'm, I'm I'm kind of selfish in a way. I've <laughs> I've had you on the show a couple times. I've talked to you all this time. I, I I'm I'm relatively up to speed on all this, but I really want to get an update on where things stand right now on trying to get some of this legislation passed. Well, uh, that, that's an interesting uh, question, Tim. Uh, first of all, we passed original bill in 2010. And that was really historic. Uh, there were only four votes against it in in the House and the Senate when we passed that bill. Now, you would think, at least I did at the time, you pass a bill, hey, that's it. Right. You got, you got it all set. Well, it doesn't quite work that way. Then you got to get the regulations issued. And um, it doesn't take weeks or months. It takes years to get the regulations uh, issued. Yeah. And and year by year, we make a little bit more progress. Uh, some of the bill was put in effect. Other parts were not originally. But um, the last two major items that were put in effect, and I think you were referring to the one in 2014. Right. Uh, thanks to Rockefeller, crimes were not being reported as they should have been to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, FBI was taking a position they were only reporting crimes that they opened and then closed 
Well, the FBI might only open 10% of the cases, and if they don't close them, they're not reported. Right, right. So, so in effect, uh, in a given year, we might get only 15 total crimes reported for the whole industry. Well, that, that was totally out of sync with the intention of Congress and and those people that wanted full disclosure. So thanks to Senator Rockefeller, and I'm going to say this, we owe him a lot. He held additional hearings in Congress, mm-hmm. and the last one was in 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, Congress has changed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. since 2010. You know, if the Republicans want something... The Democrats don't want it, or vice versa. Oh, yeah, they can't get anything done. They can barely keep the government running. Yeah, no, absolutely. Regardless of what your politics are, it's like like fighting like cats and dogs. It's crazy, but he said, we are going to get that provision changed. Well, Rockefeller was chairman of the Commerce Committee, and the Coast Guard had to pass a reauthorization for their expenses for the year. And and Rockefeller... uh, said to the Coast Guard, unless this is included, the full, this complete disclosure as originally intended, uh, I'm going to hold your authorization. Tim, that went to the last day the Senate was in session. He held their authorization for funds to make sure that there was a disclosure of crimes as originally intended. Yeah. Now, there aren't many guys that would do that. And there aren't many guys that had the power to do it. Mm. But thank goodness for Rockefeller, he did it. So what's been the result of that, Tim? Well, if you go and Google Department of Transportation Cruise Line Crimes, the reporting of the crimes has now been shifted to the Department of Transportation away from the Coast Guard. And you'll find not 16 crimes in a year. You'll find maybe a hundred or more crimes, a more accurate summary is put out each quarter. So if somebody wants to go to Google Department of Transportation Cruise Line Crimes, they can now bring up the actual crimes for this past year and and also uh, what ships they're on, what cruise lines are on. Right. Now the report's not perfect, but it's a giant leap forward to go from 16 reported crimes to more than 100, and the 100 crimes doesn't include everything. In other words, if if you're robbed and it's less than $10,000, they don't have to count that. Right. If, right. if you're groped as a woman, they don't have to count that. But uh, rapes are counted. It's a much broader definition. Yeah. I'm and taking – oh, go ahead. Go. Yeah, because of Rockefeller – that report is now available to the public. In fact, I just got the uh, report for the end of the year. We're going to put together the change. So to go from the number of where it was, which is worthless, I didn't even look at it, to the current number is a much more meaningful number. And people call and say, what cruise line has the most crimes? You can literally figure that out from this report. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not going to... Put it out today, but it's the, the largest cruise line has got the most rapes and the most crimes. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I'm reading. I'm looking at an article here. It was linked from. Uh, we should give, definitely give some of these websites. Internationalcruisevictims.org is Kendall's website. 
uh, or the, or the website for the International Cruise Victims. He's the um, he's the chairman of the organization. Um, and I'm looking at an article here linked from the ICV website, which is October 6, 2016. So we're talking about not last October, but uh, uh, the previous one, so about a year and a half ago also. Um, and it says here, this is from USA Today, oh no, AZ Central. Um, it says, the number of reported sexual assaults on cruise ships jumped 550% in the first six months of 2016, going to 39 from 6 in 2015. So clearly the reporting of these crimes changed, and and uh, and I think that just scratches the surface because I think it probably got more refined um, in 2017 as far as reporting goes, right? Well, we hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, that's that's just it's troubling that these, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, people don't unless they've heard you on this program or have seen some of your appearances on, you know, TV shows and stuff like that. They chances are have no idea of the danger of of these cruise ships. Well, in fact, let, let me just add something to to that number mm-hmm. that came out of the Rockefeller hearings. A third of the sexual crimes are against minors. Jesus, not, not adults. We're talking about minors, hmm. and uh, uh, we're trying to get that pulled out separate so people realize when they take their kids on a cruise ship and turn them loose. They're turning them loose onto a, an island that has no police, and you have predators, mm-hmm. and the kids are turned loose. But a third of all the sexual crimes, and this came out of the, the uh, Rockefeller hearings, are on minors. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's uh, it's pretty troubling. It's absolutely pretty troubling. Has have has this in turn? done anything to sort of like uh change the way the cruise lines do business now at least because they're they're under the gun being watched if you will uh the answer to the question is a little bit and it's putting pressure on them but let me tell you they are not uh i don't know how to phrase it bending over backwards yeah to get this information out and that's that's been the job of icv if it weren't for icv uh, making this information available, nobody would know it. We'd be back where we were 10 years ago. Yeah. But ICV, if you look under uh, our website, under ICV News and Updates, you'll just find a tremendous amount of of uh, press that we get. And that's what's told the story. So that you ask somebody today about cruise lines, they say, oh, I've heard about crimes on cruise ships. Well, that, that's a big jump forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I never, never forget. I think we had we shared a laugh about it because Jay Leno made a, made a joke about the ICV one night. Yeah. No. Yeah. no we, we've been very fortunate um, on, on the press. And and here's another number that should shock people. Okay. So this is from the same Arizona Central article. It says, for example, FBI records obtained by the Cruise Victims Association under the Freedom of Information Act showed. Get ready, folks. 563 crimes were reported aboard cruise ships in 2011. Those have, those include 11 deaths, 28 rapes, 57 sexual assaults, 64 sexual contacts and other sex offenses, 253 assaults, 126 thefts, and 16 thefts of more than $10,000, and eight people going overboard. So, I mean, that's that's what you're – you don't see that in the commercial, folks. Well, you, you don't, and uh... – <laughs> A cruise ship is like a floating city. Right. You know, you you got the 
people that make the cruise ship to work and you got the passengers and you got the people that clean the rooms and things. But what you don't have are police. Right, right, right. And and I, I just want to add that Senator Blumenthal has joined with us in the Senate and he introduced legislation this past year to require outside uh, police on cruise ships. As you have on an airline, airlines have air marshals. Yeah. And they're carrying 200 people. Why wouldn't you have the same on a cruise ship? Now, do they, they, they ostensibly have security, right? Because I was, somebody in the chat room mentioned this, and I actually saw this on the news, I think it was yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, and it might have passed your desk by now, I'm not sure. But about how, about how some family was acting rowdy on a cruise ship, and there was a huge brawl, and they caught it on video. And, like, in the video, you can see, like, the security guards are, like, threatening to punch people and, and sort of running around, you know, going crazy and, and, and grabbing people's cameras who are filming the fight and everything. Did you hear about this thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was happening on a ship to Australia. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Ten-day ten cruise. People locked themselves in their room. So, so there was security on the ship, but then well, again, there, we're, we're there's always security on the ship. There are security officers, except they have no authority. They don't. They work for the cruise lines. Right, right. And and if there's a fight like this, clearly they, they try and stop it. But they have no authority to put the jail, put the person in jail, as a policeman would have. Yeah. And, and investigate it. The, the rapes on minors. Hardly any of them are ever prosecuted. And you know why? Why is that? Because they don't want to, and this is the answer I've gotten from the FBI, they don't want to tag the person that did the crime as the, as the uh, what's the term when you're going after uh, minors? Uh, there's a term for it, uh, victims. And they carry that the rest of their life. So they don't want to pursue these things. They don't want to. They don't want to like persecute the pedophile or whatever. Yeah, no, they don't. That's just weird. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but we keep working at it. So that's yeah. I mean, it's it's the whole thing is just really uh, upsetting. And I think, like as you said, uh, I, I think part of the reason why you're you know, your your organization, you know, sort of more awareness keeps growing. It's because, like, if people like me talk to you, in turn talk to their friends in the media and get passed along. I know I – the first time I talked to you, I picked up the phone right afterwards, and I called Coast to Coast. And I was like, you got to get this guy on your show, Stat, because he is doing tremendous stuff. And you did. You went, you were on Coast to Coast later. So it's like when when, when people hear about this stuff, they go, they turn around and tell their friends and family and, and coworkers about it, I think, because it's yeah, like no, they do. it's stunning. Yeah, right. It's really stunning. And, and really, Tim, let me say this. Uh, a show like yours, uh, and we've done, you know, we'll, we'll talk to any uh, uh, journalist. That's the way we have moved forward mm -hmm. are the stories that get out. Yeah. And when journalists look at this stuff, there's only one answer. I've never had a story turn negative, like, you know, who are these people? It always turns out positive because they see the facts. Yeah. And they're, and they're stunned. And, and this is not just here in the country. It's around the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's it's really, uh, you know, it's 
It's really remarkable. Now, I was going to ask you, for some reason, like, uh, I should ask you this now while I remember it, because I might forget it later in the show. Um, have you, has there, you know of any, like, incidents on those, like, river cruises in Europe? Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. How about a river cruise in Peru? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I'm not that brave, Kendall. Well, having talked to you, having talked to you, the prospect of a river cruise in Peru sounds absolutely terrifying. Well, this is a, there are river cruises in Peru. Mm-hmm. And this couple, the guy was a professor, I think, at the University of Nebraska. He and his wife took one on a, quote, brand new ship. And guess what? The guy had a CPAP machine. Mm hmm. And so they brought in an electrical cord. That cord caught fire, and this couple burned to death. Oh God! On, on this river cruise, and you know what the uh, the defense of the cruise company was? What's that? It was something called Death of the High Seas Act, which is a U.S. law passed in 1920 that says if you die and you're a minor or an adult. On a ship, you cannot claim damages. Lawyers won't even take the cases. It's yeah. a law that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I remember well, we this, talked about that, yeah. Yeah, this family, uh, the two daughters, uh, just really took them on. And might I don't know if they've gotten a settlement or not, but they said the river flows into the Pacific Ocean. So it's part of DOSHA. This ship didn't leave the United States. It didn't go to the United States. But they tried to apply a U.S. law to to avoid any liability. For How the could government. they even do that? Because the boat was chartered in, in the United States or something? Well, it was chartered. Well, because they were U.S. citizens? Like, well, what, was the, what was the rationalization for that? Hey, I, I'm not smart enough to know the rationalization. <laughs> yeah. That, honestly. Yeah, no. Well, they got slick, fat cat lawyers, I'm sure. That, that, well, they, they, yeah. do, they do, but here's a couple who lost both parents. And you talk about angry people. When they found out this American law passed 100 years ago, it was the defense of not going after the cruise lines for some type of benefit. It's, it's it's insane, and and the death of the High Seas Act continues to be a problem. If you get sick on a cruise line, and and you die, and it's their fault, you can take no action because of this death of the High Seas Act. Well, that's insane. In other words, let's say Tim, you get on an airplane in Miami, and you well, let, let me go back to about 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Pan Am had an airplane that blew up off the coast of Long Island. Yeah. You, you remember that? Yep, yep. Well, they were under the death of the High Seas Act, under the same law. And so the the uh, victim's parents could take no action. Well, they were able to change that law for airlines. They were able to uh, take enough action, but the cruise lines fought it. And and they they avoided making the change. So here's what it says, Tim. Mm-hmm. You get on an airplane in Miami, and you fly to London, and the thing blows up. You can take action because they avoided this law. You get on a cruise ship in Miami, go to London, and the ship blows up in the middle of the Atlantic. You can take no action because yeah. of the death of the High Seas Act. It's insane. So they changed the law for if you were on an airplane, but they didn't. 
And now we have a bill pending right now in Congress that cruise ship passengers would get at least the same rights as an airline passenger. Absolutely. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, sure it makes sense. A lot of things about this whole story make sense. That it's 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 shocking, you know. I, I guess aspects of the story make no sense because because what the right thing to do is, seems almost never is what happens. So it's it's so anyways, really strange. I mean, that, yeah. In addition to the sexual crimes, the death in the high seas act continues to be a major excuse me a major problem. Well, let me tell you about, uh, we just put out a press release yesterday. Yeah. It'll be, uh, if you look on our website, you'll find it. And in 2010, our bill said if there are man overboard systems mm-hmm. on cruise ships, not if that it said there should be man overboard systems on cruise ships if they're available. Mm-hmm. Well, there are companies that have man overboard systems. But the cruise lines would always say, well, they're not tested, they may not work, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I became involved with the International Organization for Standards, the ISO, and they just put out, they just put together the standards for a man overboard system for anybody. Right. So the excuse that the cruise lines have used now for seven years to avoid putting those systems on, and they're not expensive, uh, is gone. Now the question is, will they do it? I mean, it, the law says they have to do it. And with the ha- having the ISO, and we had members on that committee, finally set international standards for it to be done. That is a huge development because I don't think people realize about every two weeks Somebody goes missing on a cruise ship. Yeah, I mean it's it's insane. Right, right. And and, and, yeah. and they, about eight hours later, they call the Coast Guard, and the Coast Guard goes out in the Caribbean, might spend up to a million dollars looking. They never find the person. Yeah, but this will tell them exactly when they go off and where they go off. And the cruise line should have done this voluntarily, but they didn't. You know. Right, right. I mean, and just still not doing it. <laughs> Yes, exactly, and 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 just to yeah, to sort of like ca- encapsulate that to people, I'll sort of, I'll sort of give it to them, you know, in my Dusty Rhodes common man style here. But it's like twenty twenty uh, twenty ten, you guys passed the bill requiring, or the Congress passed the bill requiring, uh, you know, these man overboard systems, and and they dragged their feet for seven years saying that there weren't any because because what were, you know what were the standards? What was it going to take to get it done? That's you know. That's yeah, insane. Like so, people who listen, they they hear those stories. Like, oh, they passed a law, you know. Oh, they passed a law for this. Yeah, they passed a law in 2010, and and they're not even. They don't even. They don't. They won't do it. They won't comply with the law, you know. And they and they have all kind. Like I said, these fat cat lawyers and stuff working for them, who who I'm sure find. Like I said, found all kinds of loopholes, and we're like, well, there's no standards. How are we supposed to? How are we supposed to put in a man overboard system if uh? If we don't know what it has to meet for standards, so then that takes more years. It's absolutely, it's it's maddening. I, I remember saying that to you the first time we talked, and and it's sort of ringing a bell tonight. It, it's really, it's well, this, just maddening. This is really historic for the ISO mm-hmm. to put this out last week. We've just put out a press release on it. That's a major development. So uh, just to kind of back up a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, we not get reporting of crimes. Is it complete? I don't know. But at least it's significantly more than what it was. Mm-hmm. We now have standards for man overboard system, which eliminate any excuse for the cruise lines not to do it. They'll put on water slides. They'll put on all kinds of stuff. But something that might save a life, they don't want to spend the money for. It's Yeah. It's insanity. It really is. Now, what's the – I'm sure you follow this closely. Like, what's the state, uh, I guess, of the industry right now? Are they – because, I mean, you're getting more publicity more and more all the time, and it's like, uh, you know, so I I would assume – I mean, look, I ain't taking a cruise. I've thought about about it in the past. That's why I was asking about the the European riverboats. We'll have to get back to that later and find out if if you know of anything there. But – What's the state overall of the cruise ship industry? Because, you know, I noticed just not even aside from talking to you and seeing you out there, you know, there's just incidents all the time, it seems. They make it in the news more than they had uh, when I first started talking to you. So it's like people are becoming more and more leery of cruise ships. But what's the – but for all I know, they could be raking in the money and doing better than ever. So what's what's, what's the sort of status of the industry? Well, I would say it's probably the latter. Here's what they've done. They've gone to China, and they've gone to countries that really didn't have cruise lines. Oh, God, they're chi- that, that's terrifying in and of itself. So I don't that, think China's going to be too keen on putting regulations you know, in they, to they oh. themselves yeah. you know, to these other countries. You know, and, uh, and while our law affects U.S. Uh, cruise ships that come and go on U.S. passengers, it right. doesn't affect European people. Right, of course. So they're they're fair game. They've really seen no improvement. Our ultimate goal is to get these laws passed worldwide, and not just in the United States. But but we have an obstacle, Tim. <laughs> What's and that? The obstacle is a, a trade association called CLIA that will spend whatever it takes to avoid any new laws. This is like this is like the lobbyists of of the cruise ship companies. I yeah, it, it's it's their trade association. Yeah, and you know what their their argument is, Tim? Their argument is we're highly regulated. They go to Congress and say we're highly regulated <laughs> by an organization called the IMO, International Maritime Organization, which is part of the UN. Well, I, I attended a, a PowerPoint presentation given by the IMO, and I have the that presentation. Guess what? The IMO says we do not take any legal action against crimes on cruise ships. They write regulations, but then they pass any enforcement to flag states. Well, the flag states are Liberia, Panama, the Bahamas, and they take no action. So, in effect, the organization that CLIA keeps referring to is Hey, he, we're uh, highly regulated by the MO. It, it, it's a uh, it, it's a falsehood. In fact, if you go to our website, we just posted an article in the last few weeks by Michael Lloyd, captain. He's on our executive committee, and it's about the ineffectiveness of the IMO and the fact that it's really almost controlled by the cruise lines. Yeah. So the regulators don't regulate. <laughs> Yeah, nice. yeah. If you like having a police department that doesn't uh, set the laws, it'd be like I mean, maybe a better analogy. It'd be like the legislature passes a law, 
but they don't enforce it. That goes to the local police. Well, if the local police don't enforce it, then nobody enforces it. Right. It's yeah. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it really is crazy. It really is. Uh, I'm I'm stunned. See, because I think we've talked now for a long, long time that over the last uh, few years, and I think this is the first time hearing about this IMO uh, oversight group, and it's like this. <laughs> This this gets shadier and shadier the more you the more you hear about it. Well, go to our website on the left hand column, and you'll find this article we just posted by Michael Lloyd. Yeah. Who who gets into the fact that the IMO, you know, it's it, I don't want to say it's a sham, but they don't do anything to enforce the laws. They transfer that to these flag states. Well, that that's ludicrous. That'd be like New York City uh, saying to uh, Melford, Iowa, enforce the laws of New York. Well, a little, little town of Melford, Iowa, where I grew up in that area, yeah. they're not going to do it. They don't. Yeah, no, it's it's it's. They just pass the buck, and and it gets lost in the shuffle. And I mean, we're dealing with like so many layers at this point that uh, God forbid if you're one of these victims, folks. You know, I mean, put yourself, you know, put yourself the person getting the call from whose folks have died on the riverboat in Peru, or, uh, you know, or somebody who's assaulted on a on a on a on a boat out in the middle of nowhere, like, and and then they tell you it's uh it's under the jurisdiction of the Bahamas, and the guy, you know, <laughs> and the guy who did it or whatever is like still on the boat. I mean, it's a it's a it's a just a nightmare, man. It's just an absolute nightmare. Well, I, I hate to agree with you, but that's the truth. <laughs> No, no. I mean, so what? Is there any? Is there? I think you alluded to this. Maybe you could follow up on this a little bit. Is there? Is is there motion towards putting some kind of like? It's just so hard because all these jurisdictions like overlap and everything. It's like how would you put someone who could be like the authority uh, on the ship? You know what I mean? Like a well, security type you situation. Could do it on an airline. Yeah, I see. What you're you can do it on a ship. So maybe the argument is like if it's if it's coming out of Miami, you got to have a a U.S. mar you know yeah, a team of U.S. marshals on independent uh, policemen on that ship or or whatever it takes to you know would you send would you go to a vacation to a town that has no police? <laughs> no. You wouldn't do it. So what is what is now? You say they have security, and, but but they have no authority. But like, what do they do? Uh, let's say like I let's say somebody punches me. If I'm at, I'm at a bar on a cruise ship, and you know we get in an argument with I guess some stranger, and they punch me. Um, and like, can they do? And like, can they can they put that guy in a little jail? Or, or like, what do they do? Just send him to his room and tell me to go to my room and file a report with the Bahama police or something? Well, that, you know, in effect. They may file a report with the Obama police, knowing that the Obama police won't do anything right, exactly. about it. Right, exactly. Right. But this is extremely important. Mm-hmm. With the changes that we've gotten in the law, uh, the individual, the FBI, has agreed to contact that person on the ship within four hours once it's reported to them. Ah, okay. And and the individual should not give to the cruise lines. Their information, uh, because let's, let's take the case of a rape. Mm-hmm. 
Well, woman's raped, so she goes to security in the cruise ship. You know what the security in the cruise ship does? They write a report, and they find the guy that, in theory, did the crime. He said, well, it was consensual. So they said, as a he said, she said, and guess what? Nothing happens. No action is taken. But if you go directly to the FBI, mm-hmm. which you now have that right, and, and they're obligated, they're supposed to do it, to report these things directly to the FBI, then it's on record directly with the FBI, and the FBI has also agreed to meet that person when they get off the ship. We've made some real strides with the FBI. That's great. That's that's the we need to like put a pin on that now and let make sure we stress that. So folks are like, you know how they say, folks, like if you get arrested, you should just shut your mouth and wait for your lawyer. Uh, if you're if something happens to you on a cruise ship, you gotta immediately be like, I just want to talk to the FBI. Yeah, so, absolutely. Just put me in right. touch with the FBI. I don't need to deal with your with your cruise ship any longer. This guy punched me, and I want to talk to the FBI. I have the right to. Tell them what's going on. But you, you take a, a woman that's been raped during right. the trauma. Oh, absolutely. They don't know their rights. Right, exactly. That's why that's why it's important that we stress this because you know you might be with with a loved one that this happens to or something. You know. Yeah, well, here in the United States, uh, you have the Miranda rights. You got to give the person their rights, and you got to sign off on it before they could do anything. Well, the person on a cruise ship ought to be given their rights. And told what what they can do, and um, yeah, yeah, and 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 to sort of circle back to my question, e- applying it either to the rape, the punch, anything, they don't like you said. The security has no power. They can't really. Uh, I mean, what can they really do to the person that's accused of, uh, you know, the perpetrator? Like to, like they just go, hey, dude, this lady said you did this, or this guy said you did that. Um, we're filing a report. They they can't be like, hey, you have to stay in, in your room or anything, right? Or or do they try? Usually, there's been cases like that where they've confined somebody to a room, but it's it's more infrequent. They normally go to the person's committed the crime, and he said, oh, it's consensual. And let, let me tell you, Tim, that's it. That's where the case ends. Yeah, because they yeah, and then they're just like, all right, dude, thanks, all right, we had to talk to you, whatever. And then that person just can. I guess the point I'm trying to make is like. Then you're still like you're then you're like you're stuck on the ship with this person, folks. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. you're both moving around, walking around, you're occupying the same I don't care how many people are on the ship. Like I I wouldn't want to be on that ship anymore and you're out at sea. So I I get I assume for people that this sort of thing happens to uh the first stop they're like, "All right, I'm out of here, man. I'm not hanging around on the ship anymore." Yeah, yeah. Well, but they're out in the middle of nowhere, they can't get off. Right, that's what I mean. So, like, yeah. you know, the next thing they stop in the Bahamas and they get off and then they fly home and it's just, you know, it just talk about the layers of – well, that reminds me. I mean, I've told this story to people talking about your appearance on the show. I think we should talk a little bit about just sort of like the – it's not just the lack of police and, and sort of law enforcement on these ships. The medical end of things is, is really subpar. It's a nightmare. I mean, if if you get sick on a cruise ship – and and a lot of times what they'll do, they'll just drop you off at some port in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. And, and you're on your own. But if you die because of poor treatment, which happens time and time again, because of the death of the High Seas Act, you can't take action. I mean, against the cruise lines for malpractice. I mean, you just, you know, just a uh, house of cards. You can, 
And and you talk about angry people, you know, that, that come to us uh, that have been injured or beat up or whatever. And take this uh, carnival cruise uh, to Australia. You know, when you're on a ship for 10 days, you got to lock yourself in the room for protection. I mean, that's got to be scary. Oh, yeah. If you think you're going on vacation and next thing you know, there's like a rowdy, crazy family that's throwing punches and <laughs> getting yeah. drunk. and Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's you know. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, i got to tell you a personal story uh, back in when I was working the corporation I worked for uh, held a convention in Hawaii. Yeah. So they uh, picked up people in New York and Chicago and et cetera. Well, the people they picked up in New York, they got to Chicago, and uh, the plane got delayed. So they started passing out free drinks on the airplane. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, by the time that airplane got to Hawaii, it was a zoo. You know, you, you you start giving free drinks to people, and that's the other thing they're doing. They're not selling drinks necessarily. They're selling packages of drinks. Right, right. So you have unlimited. If a bar did that here in the United States, oh God, and they, and they overserve, that that's a crime. Is this all like? I, 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 this is kind of going to take you a little bit off the off the course in a sense, but like, what, what is what does international waters mean? Like, because this stuff isn't covered by that sort of like thing on TV, you know, where it's like, oh, we're in international waters, we can do whatever we want, right? Well, inter- international waters means it's outside the uh, legal limit of the, let's say, the United States or whatever the country is. That could be okay. So passes three, through three three to ten miles out at sea. So they they open up the gambling tables once they get out there. Yeah. Okay. All right. But it's still. But there's. Okay. But it's not like you can murder somebody and you're like, oh, it's international waters. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Well. Is that just like a fairy tale you see on like sitcoms and it, stuff? It is a fairy tale if if you're a U.S. citizen, covered under a law that leaves or comes to the United States. Yeah. You do have rights. That's the thing that people need to realize. They do have rights, and they need to exercise them. Because it won't be voluntarily exercised by the cruise lines. I mean, it's a business run for profit. Let me talk about the business run for for profit. You see, I don't want to say weekly, but frequently, the Coast Guard is out picking up somebody off a ship, or or looking for somebody off a ship, and they got all kinds of expenses, U.S. expenses, for the cruise lines. Guess what? The cruise lines don't pay income tax. They're, they put their corporation in Panama and Liberia, to, and they put their ships in, in Bermuda and those places so they don't pay federal income tax. They're getting the service for free. Now, Rockefeller really attempted to go after that. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, they, they've towed ships from Mexico back to the United States. At our expense, it's it, you know it costs a few million bucks. But that, yeah, uh, that's pretty crazy. Well, but, it, but not yeah. to pay taxes in today's times, and they're making money. Right, right. Um, I want to circle back to one thing I was talking to you about 
because uh, as I said, I mentioned it to a, a friend or a family member was, uh, and I think you can speak to this story, but it was, um, I believe it was somebody, and I'm sure we covered it in the 2014 conversation, but it bears sort of bringing it up again. Um, it was somebody, they have a family on a cruise ship, um, and, and the person like had a heart attack or something like that, and they, and they just, as you said, they just dropped him off at the first stop on the thing and essentially wheeled the woman off the oh. cruise ship, you know, it, like it, it, akin to what would be like an ICU situation or something, right? Right. They left her at the dock. And then, then they, uh, you know, she, they had to pay to be flown to a, to a hospital. Yeah. Cost them thousands of dollars. Then the woman died. Oh. If she'd been treated properly originally, she would have lived. You know, when you see senseless death, and we've had some young families, I mean, teenagers that have died there recently and uh it, it's really the, these parents go go crazy on this stuff oh yeah oh yeah well i mean your your story you know you you're you a parent who lost somebody on a cruise ship i mean this all sort of circles back to what your story you know yeah, yeah i and and let me tell you this if you when something happens on a cruise ship, and I was talking to Jamie Barnett today, and she'd had a call. Something happens on a cruise ship, you feel like you're the only person this has ever happened to. You don't realize that this is all part of the system. I mean, we went six, seven months thinking Marion was lost and they'd covered it up. And then I read in a, in a book, Devil in the Deep Blue Sea, that was standard operating procedure. Yeah, they get the crew member off the ship, and nobody can ever find him, and they sail on. And in Marion's case, they denied there was video. It took them three years to admit they had a video. Yeah, I mean, it just it's insane. Well, let, let me give. Can I change the topic just a little bit, Tim? Yeah, we can talk about whatever you want. Okay, you well, know, you're you're you got the you got the information. I'm blown away by. You know, I just want to say before you can go ahead and pivot. You know, I'm I'm ready to hear what you want to say, but I want to just credit you guys. You know, because listening to you, uh, having this conversation tonight, and sort of looking at some of these um, things that you guys have done, it's like this is just such a tangled mess of a problem. So I cannot give you guys enough credit. You know, just for being able to tackle this. You know, it's like we've already talked about how you guys are trying to. Or have really pushed and gotten this uh, overboard system someday being implemented, and and the reporting of the crimes, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff you guys you know want to have fixed. So it's like kudos to you and, and the organization for for getting making progress, making some progress on an incredibly complex uh, problem. Well, let me say this: you've really raised an important point. I mean, you you've mentioned me, and I appreciate your comments. But this organization would not run without the passion of a lot of people that are on the executive committee or on the board of directors who deal with different parts of making ICV run. Hmm. I mean, you got books you got to maintain, you got reports you got to issue. Uh, when we go to Washington, we took ten people in last July. Everything was organized. Every call was set up in advance. We we have the systems in place. But for somebody to go to Washington, they're paying for that out of their pocket, so it costs them at least a thousand dollars. Right. And, and without that commitment, we have a woman on the Cape for twelve years now. Every day she posts 
the stories that come up in the news. So if you go to our website, you can see the current news of crimes on cruise ships. Yeah. And if she didn't do that, you know, people wouldn't be aware of it. And right, right. And this organization with with limited funds, that's all I can say. And and I can't say enough about all the people. Oh, yeah, 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 that, absolutely. They've worked with us. But once, you know, let's take these two sisters that lost their parents. Boy, the passion that they have. All these victims, when they come in, they are angry that they were treated the way they were treated. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just... You know. I mean, hell, I'm angry talking to you and just hearing the stories. I mean, every time I talk to you, I get this way because it's like... <laughs> It's, th- these are simple solutions that could save lives, and it's and the fact that they don't want to do anything about it, and it's like, then they, they're not controversial. <laughs> you know, this isn't gun control, folks. This is, you know, put an air marshal or put a sea marshal on the cruise ship. Like, who's who? Who is against that? Really, for all the money these 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 companies make, it's not like they're going to be losing money uh, just to pay to pay for the <laughs> to pay for the. Uh, you know, I don't know what you call them, sea marshals or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, they, but they don't want to do it because it exposes them, Tim. Yeah, they, yeah. They want to put this stuff under the rug. And, uh, you know, the, the people that are victims of the death of the High Seas Act and can't take action, you don't see those stories because lawyers won't even take the cases. Right, right. And, and the cruise lines, I saw something they put out last week where – uh, one of these cases happened. They said, well, we don't need that. Well, that's ridiculous. I don't know how they could say that with a straight face, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very strange. Um, was, there a, was there a direction you wanted to go before I was well, stopped to put over the ICV? This is just a, a side comment, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you go on our webpage, and it's www.internationalcruisevictims.org, there's a lot of information on that. I think reporters that get into it are kind of blown away with all the stuff that's on that uh, on our website. And we don't have the money to make it a fancy website. You know, we've been, you know, like stacking a, a deck with with stories, but we don't have the most fancy website. But it's been effective. But uh, a year ago in, um, I think, April, the Department of Justice gave me the Ronald Reagan Policy Award for 2017 at uh, in Washington D.C., which was a huge honor for me. The honor really belonged to all the members of ICV, but uh, that that was really a something I didn't expect. Congratulations, the Department yeah. of Justice. Uh, what was the award? The Ronald Reagan Policy Award for 2017. Wow. And, in fact, if you go on our website, you'll see my picture. If you click on it, it shows the video that they, uh, you know, showed and made yeah. for that presentation. Oh, I see, yeah. The National Archives. They had, you know, a segment of the Marine Band there. It was a big deal. And what's the... I'm guessing from the sort of like from the name of the award, it's like uh, a public policy award. It was sort of like, is this in recognition of your of of kind of what I was just saying? You're, you and the organization's attempts to implement some kind of policy on these cruise ships, where there clearly has the government had no interest in doing. Totally, that's what it's all about. Right. 
Well, you deserve it, man. I mean, that's exactly what you've done. I mean, the government, they, if it wasn't for, you, for the group, the, the, these, 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 um, these cruise companies would be allowed to run willy-nilly. Yeah, they would. And they, they still would like to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're doing everything they can to <laughs> just keep yeah, doing it. And, and in some ways, they've seduced some of the regulators. The FBI has made progress. Yeah. Uh, we have some concerns about some of the other regulators. These regulations should have been put out on our bill three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. They came up with proposed regulations, the Coast Guard. We have a gentleman on our executive committee who wrote a 104-page response to to the proposed regulations. That was, I don't know, three or four years ago. No comments have come back from the Coast Guard. Nothing. Now, they gave us 90 days to respond, or 60. We did, with a phenomenal report going over each item that needed to be corrected or changed, and never heard a word since then. I mean, that, that's kind of discouraging. Yeah, what's the story with, what's that all about? They don't have to respond to you, or are they under some limit, or that doesn't make any sense. The, the, uh, the cruise lines have been very effective in hiring Coast Guard people. If you go to CLIA, it's run by Coast Guard people. And I, I'm not trying to put the Coast Guard down. No, 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 I know what you're saying. It's kind of like how these guys bounce from, like, Wall Street to the Department of Finance and then back to Wall Street. Yeah, or like the... All these industries that happen. Uh, you know, all the regulators of the banks, when they got done regulating and retired, they went to work for the bank. Right, 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 exactly. It seems like anyone who's... Hired by the government to do regulations, they hire from the from the industry they're supposed to be regulating. I guess with the idea that they would know it best, but it always turns into some kind of cronyism. Well, there, there should be a, a lag of two or three years before they can go to work for the company they regulated. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you got a conflict of interest. That's and yeah. That, that's, that's, that's occurring across the board with all these. You know, I think they, the FCC, the guy was from Comcast or something like that, or one of those yeah, companies. Yeah, well, they, they always hire these regulators. Yeah. And guys from you know congressmen, they go to work as lobbyists, <laughs> lobby for whatever you know. And if you, if you're an organization like the NRA, you can pay to get the lobbyists. We can't afford to pay them. We got to take people in with passion and train them to walk the halls of Congress, which is a terrific experience, but it takes somebody with a little bit of guts and willingness to spend the money to do it. But it's very effective. But uh, we don't have thousands of dollars to give out as campaign regulations. We have to go on the merits of our case. It's like these these, uh, school kids in Florida. They have no money. Now, maybe somebody will give them some money, but they have a passion. They just lost 17 students. Right. Losing 25 people off a cruise ship every year. Yeah. And and so we've got that passion. We have people dying on cruise ships. So we have that passion. But it's like these kids will find. Money talks. Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw today that... uh... I don't know which celebrity, but some celebrity just donated like a half a million dollars to the march. Yeah, well, that's, that's terrific. <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to even... need to go it, after them. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's the... I was going to say, there's like no tactful way to say this, but it's like, I mean, it, 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 like he, a high-profile incident would probably, you know, wake some people up to this. 
You know what I'm saying? It's that's the that's the sad part. People don't care unless it's all part of this crazy TV. <laughs> you know, if a celebrity, I guess yeah, let me put it this way: if a celebrity went missing on a cruise ship or had something terrible happened to them, then I think you'd see uh, a lot of a lot of changes overnight. Well, if if a regulator's son got lost on a cruise ship, you you might see a change in the tone. You know, uh, you yeah, know, you got to fill the pain of the crime, and if they don't, if if they don't fill the pain of the crime, they don't have the passion to do what what is the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, and, and I give these school kids credit. Oh yeah, absolutely! It's amazing what they're doing. It's absolutely uh, uplifting. Yeah, and and they're using the press very effectively. They're very articulate, and uh, they they probably. You know, might might make some legislators change. Yeah, I don't know, but the deck the deck is stacked against them, as it's stacked against us. But we're giving up. We're knocking on that door. They knew they know who ICV is, and we know how to get the material to them. Yeah, and we just keep doing it. Now this past year, we went in with ten people. No, it wasn't a good year to lobby, <laughs> because nothing is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that's just the reality of things. But we still did it, knowing that it was important that we be there in their face and not not sit back. If you're a victim of a crime, you really got two choices. The choice is do nothing and go hide in the closet or try to do something. Now, the people that are working with us have said, hey, we're going to try to do something with, with passion. There are other people who say, I don't want to. You know, I'm afraid uh, you know, to go public with the story. Yeah, they just don't want to relive all that, and they want to just. I understand that perspective. Yeah, and, and when I first went public with Marion's story, that's a scary thing to do. We didn't go public, Tim, with Marion's story for 14 months. Nobody knew that she had disappeared. It never made a newspaper, and uh, I think it was through the grace of God, Tim. Yeah that uh, I called one person in New York with CNN, and he was working on Katrina. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, 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 very, very nice, but kind of put me off. And so I, I went to somebody in Phoenix and uh, went to a guy who worked for my landlord in New York City in public relations. And the guy in Phoenix in public relations said, Ken, don't do this. They'll eat you up. The press will eat you up. Well, the other guy in New York said, hey, Ken, it's a story that's got to be told. Yeah. I mean, it's so the easy thing is don't tell the story. You know, just go in the closet. No. But but when you you should see some of the stuff that I get in from victims. Well, that was something I wanted to ask you about in a sense. Now, we talked about how if something happens to you on these ships, uh, this is sort of advice, I guess, for the listeners, it's like, yes, you can contact the FBI, and you should contact the FBI, but I would say that you should contact Kendall, too, or the ICV, yeah. excuse me, well, contact the ICV, you know, and let them know. Yeah. You know something, Tim? That's exactly a conversation I had with Jamie Barnett. People need to know. There was a woman that called her yesterday, was kind of afraid to call us because she knew what had happened to Jamie she knew what was happening to me, but her sister said, hey, call call this organization. Well, it was a relief to her. 
you know, to, to call us. And yeah. I mean, because there's a an emotional element of being a victim mm-hmm. that you got to deal with. And when you think you're the only one, and most people do, you know, when you realize you're part of a of a worldwide phenomenon, that changes your perspective on things. Yeah, exactly. It means you're not alone, and it's, yeah, uh, that's incredibly important. This is, and when I read it in a book, uh, I realized, my God, that's what happened to us. Yeah. And here it is written in a book. If yeah. I hadn't read that book, I'm not sure I would have ever realized it. Exactly, it, yeah. Yeah, you know, it just happened. So we, we encourage people, and we do get, you know, we got a lot of people in uh, in the last several weeks and with tragic stories. But I encourage, you know, a lot of times a woman is raped. She's afraid to tell somebody. Well, we have victims in our organization that have been raped that can relate to that person. And help them. Right, uh, right. We don't, That's we, a, don't, we don't do counseling, but the compassion of knowing that somebody else has gone through the hell I've been put through. But a lot of people that are raped, they, they, you know, let's say it's a minor, they don't even tell their folks what's happened. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. And it may go for months or years before it finally comes out. Yeah, and then yeah, then it's like yeah, something happened to me five years ago when we were on that cruise. And yeah, oh, and oh my god, and it does psychological that's, damage uh, to them because yeah. they suppressed it. All yeah, time. that's hard. That's, yeah, I'm horrified. Like thinking about that. Yeah, that's just. Uh, it's so anyway. Yeah, the organization. You may not be able to offer counseling, but you can certainly offer sort of resources and people that they can talk to in the sense of like other people who've been through this. And sort of at least a community, and and, and answers, you know, to questions, um, you know, that I'm asking you tonight, and maybe that are even more nuanced, like in a legal sense or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, no. like no, who no, else? No, who no, else no, would no. know what you can do if something happened to you on a cruise ship? But the ICV. Yeah. Well, one of the things we when we finally decided to go public, uh, you know, what what do you do for legal advice? Well, we didn't know, you know, what yeah. to do. Well, you know, our organization, there's a, there's a whole series of lawyers at Miami Beach that specialize in this. And and a lot of times they need legal counsel to take action. Yeah. And and I didn't know where to go. I ended up calling a law firm in New York City, and they recommended somebody who turned out to be not really a maritime lawyer, but I didn't know the difference. Yeah, exactly. How would you even know who to find? Yeah, yeah that's what and, I mean. Uh, but a lot of times they need professional help, and they need may need professional counseling. We have oh, this one woman recently that went, I don't know, 30 years before she started getting counseling and realized the trauma of her being raped as a teenager was the cause of her psychological problems. Case. You know, years went by. Hey, I read something today. The Cruise Victims Association reports that 165 people have disappeared while at sea since 1995. Wow. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Okay, there's a reason right there never to take a cruise, okay? Just the fact that there is a Cruise Victims Association. Okay, that should be a red flag right there. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. And how long have they been doing? They've been doing these cruise ships for like, 
I assume decades, right? Like I don't know when they first started doing this, but at least in the seventies, were they, they? When did they really become popular? Well, I would say maybe the seventies. They started to come out. Carnival came out with like one ship, and then Royal Caribbean came in. Uh, it, it's a relatively recent phenomenon. But now what they're doing is they're they, originally they took some. I want to call them freighters, but limited ships. Yeah. They made them cruise ships, worked them over. Now they're building these ships that hold 8,000 people. My God. Yeah, these are like super mega ships. I've seen them. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. insane, you know. And, and uh, we have some maritime experts say those things could tip over because they're top-heavy. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and something else people don't realize, there's only enough lifeboats on a cruise ship for 75% of the people. That's the same as it was on the Titanic. There aren't a lot, enough lifeboats to carry everybody on that ship. Can you, yeah, I just don't even want to imagine the panic on a eight thousand person cruise ship. Uh, uh, three or four thousand. We have a family yeah. that was on the Costa Concordia. They're one of the last families off. The ship tilted, so half the lifeboats they couldn't even work. And people don't realize that you're on the sea. Yeah, and you're the you're the captain. If you're a captain of an airline, and you're caught drinking, they'll throw you in jail and take away your license. Oh yeah, you'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're on a cruise ship, the Costa Concordia, this guy had a girlfriend, partying it up on the cruise ship. He wasn't even on the deck. Now he got he finally got put in jail for a little. Period of time. Yeah, but he, um, yeah, you, know, he, he, you know, you go to the dinner and you meet the guests and you have drinks with the guests and all that. Well, the captain of a cruise ship better have a clear head when they hit that rock or whatever happens. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, yeah, there's this sort of like party atmosphere. I imagine that's like sure. pervasive yeah. of these things, and even the the captain is like. I can only imagine the sort of ego it takes to be a cruise ship captain anyway. You're probably kind of like uh, well, they, strange yeah, characters. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to comment on the <laughs> But, but they're, they're eating with the guests. They're drinking with the guests. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's and, very... You know, uh, apparently on the Costa Concordia, when they finally got to the main deck or where they control the ship, they weren't even speaking the same language, the people. They were driving the ship. And the captain... Claims he accidentally fell off. One of the first people to get off that ship was the captain. Oh, really? Yeah. And he says, well, he fell off the ship when it tilted. Isn't the captain... Oh, God. That's ridiculous. Isn't the captain supposed to stay with the ship till like, till the end? Isn't that, like, that, that, maritime lore? In fact, they, they told him, uh, the Coast Guard called him from Italy. He said, get back on that ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, if anything, he should have, yeah. He's been the one guy trying to get on the ship. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't, you know. My God. That's so not he, yeah, that's he a whole thing. He fell off the ship, it, quote, into a lifeboat. <laughs> well, geez, he's the only one with any luck, I guess. I guess so. You know? Oh, my God. But but if you're on a, let's say you're a crew member on a ship, and you and you got all these different languages, they don't speak the language. Hey, man, he's on for himself. You know, oh, God, in that situation, I'm sure it was, yeah. Yeah, well, you touched on the another troubling aspect we've, talked about on the show in the past and that's sort of like uh this under this underground world of people that work on the ships that it's a whole like 
little society of sort of like people have checked out of, uh, you know, and God bless them if they, if they, you know, God bless them if they're sort of adventurous and they are doing that for, for kicks and they, you know, they're going to go work as a chef on a cruise ship, you know, God bless them if that's their thing. But there's also people that are working on cruise ships that are like on the run, I assume, or or (laughs) have bad intentions. Yeah. They're on third world countries, a lot of them. And, uh, if, if a crime happens, the cruise ship gets them off the ship and sends them back to wherever they're from. Yeah. Because how big are some of the staffs on these ships? Oh, if you got, uh, let's say, 8,000, uh ship with 8,000, you probably got 6,000 passengers, 2,000 crew members. 2,000 crew members, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, a lot of them are making minimal wage. Seven days a week they're working. And, somebody, and like somebody pointed out in the... Um, in the chat here, uh, just to sort of talk about not necessarily regulations or anything like that, but it's maybe something worth thinking about to folks to sort of use Kendall's example that he's used in the past. So say you get on a plane, the the um, they're not called stewards, the flight attendants, um, you know, they're all checked out by the by the airline. They're not they're not just some people that you know, showed up and answered a Craigslist ad. They're they're like they're trying to really uh, they're, they're screened. And no. and the people on a cruise ship, I guess, to, to the point that somebody in the chat room made, I, I mean, may correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Kendall, but it's like I presume that these aren't they're not being subjected to like rigorous background. No, checks. I mean there are hiring companies in Indonesia, in India, and they hire these people. And in quote in theory, they do a background check. You can't do a background check in somebody out of a third world country and and they're getting a fee for that and they're that's the way they're staffing those ships okay yeah that's why i said correct me if i'm wrong because i'm sure i'm sure if you went to carnival and were like asked them that they would say that there are background checks but i'm willing to bet that like these are the the background check is like what's your address yeah right And and a lot of times if they commit a crime and they get them off the ship the guy just goes to work for another cruise line (laughs) <laughs> no, they they go from cruise line to cruise line because they they say, well, we don't want to make the information public because that'll discriminate against the person. My God, he just did a crime. He should never get on a ship yeah. as a crew member. And yet that that is very common in in the occurrence of it. Right, right. I mean, this would be like. In order to implement this kind of thing, you you would need, I mean, there, in theory, you'd want them to like do a background check on the people that work on cruise ships, but it's like it sounds like they really don't. Well, not not a background check that, that's meaningful. Right, right. Now, now you could compensate for that if you had legitimate, independent police officers on those ships. Absolutely, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You could compensate for that somewhat. Right. But you know, a guy lives in a little bunk for and he works seven days a week and he's from a third world country and he's sending the money to his family or relatives in India or wherever. I mean he, he just he just getting by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um in fact but just getting back to our daughter's case. Yeah. She went missing. And it took us three weeks for the police to trace her to uh the cruise ship. And uh, the cruise ship came back a couple of days and said, oh, she 
she was on the ship, but we don't know if she got off or not. And uh, that that was it. They were said, well, the Cambridge police had reported to the Vancouver police as a crime. They didn't do that. They didn't report it to the Vancouver police. Well, moving the st- story forward. Now, this is, hold on now. I just want to stop you. This is Vancouver, Canada, because that's probably yeah. where the ship came out of, right? Well, it went to. That was the it was on its way to Vancouver. Yeah, it okay. was a Canadian cruise. Okay. You know, it starts in Seattle. And they have to stop at a foreign port. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, so we we ended up hiring. We decided we want to talk to somebody on that ship that saw our daughter. Well, clearly the steward saw our daughter because he had the room. So $75,000 was spent on two law firms, an international detective agency, just to get to that steward after four months to do a deposition to find out he'd report her missing daily after the second day. They told him, forget it. Do your job. And when the ship got to Vancouver, he says, what do I do with this stuff in the room? They said, just put it in a bag and throw And they threw it away. Oh, my God. I mean, it's horrendous. But the only honest person in the whole thing was the steward. But to get to that guy, and most people just would never do it, cost $75,000 to talk to somebody on that ship that knew her, that saw her. Now, how was that, like, what was the... Why did it cost that much? Because, like, they were well, fighting to lawyers. keep you from being to talk to him or something? No, or you just no, couldn't no, find no. him? We, we, once we found out she was missing, we got a, and we decided we wanted to talk to somebody in the ship. I talked to uh, Royal Caribbean a couple of times. I couldn't get any place. So we got an international detective agency. They talked to him. Went months. They just wanted to interview this guy. Couldn't do it. So we had to get a court order in Massachusetts with the law firm that was doing a lot of work in Massachusetts. Then we had to hire another law firm in Miami Beach. cost us $10,000 to hire the second law, law firm just to get a deposition. So by the time you take the fees of two law firms, a private detective, all of a sudden you're up to big money. Most people just would never do that. Right, exactly. You know, that that was the unique thing about Marion's case. Most of these people disappear, and they, you know, people just don't have the money to really find out what really happened. Yeah, yeah, no, and then they're haunted by it forever. Now, what – I'm trying to recall from our conversations, but I guess how did your your this, the case with your daughter ultimately conclude? Well <laughs> – or did it? I mean, did they, no, or did it, it, sort of, it never did. I this mean, is this is the, this is the ongoing. This is the ICV. This is you know what I mean. Is that is that kind of the story? Yeah, I, I made a decision. Now, now, some people have made other decisions that have lost a son or a daughter. That they're they focused for ten years on finding the person that did the crime. Mm-hmm. I made a decision uh, about fifteen months into it. I mean, we have gone. We went down every alley. We could still be pursuing things. Right, right. But but I I just had to release it and say, hey, and then uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Christopher Shea held the first hearing, where I concluded, hey, there's a problem with this industry. So four little families got together and started ICV. That's now in 34 countries in the world. 
I see. So, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because it was like you could you could try and pursue solving this singular cold case, which means the world to you because it was your daughter. But it's like at the end of the day, uh, the, that that passion and energy would be better spent changing this so other people don't have to experience it. Well, in, in my case, that was the case. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I, I mean, I, I, I have I the highest respect in the world for you, Kendall. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, I didn't have the energy. Yeah. You work on the, this thing for months, and it just, every time you open the door, you open another door. And it just went on and on. And finally, I said, hey, I just, you know, the cruise line is going to do everything they can to prevent us from finding the information. They should have told us immediately. Hmm. Their daughter was missing. They chose to cover it up. Yeah. That that was their decision. And um, hopefully the laws are such now they wouldn't do that. But they, you know, they they took the path, we're going to cover it up. And then I read it in the book. So that's the standard operating procedure. If they can cover it up, they'll cover it up because they don't want the legal liability. Yeah. And, and the video, they, we asked, what's their video? If there was a video... And it showed our daughter going overboard. Hey, that's it. That's the end of the story. But they said there was no video. We'd already raced it three weeks into it. Three years later, I found they did have a video. They kept for months and reviewed it. Then they got rid of it. Now, you know, if if, if you could see the actual event happening, then you say, well, gee, that's sad. She jumped overboard or whatever. Or was pushover, but or whatever. Yeah. But they chose. Tell us that they said there was no video; it was already erased, and that turned out to be a lie. <laughs> you know that that that's just an incredible uh, way to operate a business. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's just cold, man. It's it's heartless. It's just it's heartless. Not, that's it's not like we're looking for a piece of luggage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's my Where's my bag? We're looking for a daughter. And it just, it, yeah, it's scary in a sense because it's like you, you you really wonder like where in the where where do we go wrong as a, as people where you know where do we go where does you know where did that industry go wrong I guess in a sense where it's like somewhere in the chain of command someone was like no no we can't you know we can't do the obviously right thing here you know in the name yeah. of what like not not having bad publicity or something it's like come on guys for real this is sick. Yeah, well, they want they want to portray it, and people see the ads they, they, today. Oh, this is just a nice, relaxing vacation. Just get on the boat and lay in the sun, you know. But it, it's there are risks involved. Absolutely. And, and people are injured. People die, and and uh, they fail to take the action they could take to to minimize it. You can never eliminate everything, but you can minimize it. Just do their due diligence, their responsibility. Yeah, and one, other, one other thing, Tim, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but on the 16th of January, 2005, and we had the depositions for two days, and I realized that they'd been lying to us from the beginning. Yeah. And, and we were dealing with a, with a cover-up. Mm-hmm. You know what I did? What? I wrote the board of directors a multi-page letter. The board, the board of directors of the cruise company. Uh, of Royal Caribbean. Okay. And said, help. We need your help. And and also wrote the uh, chairman of Royal Caribbean. Now, I, I had a case years, many years ago, a daughter in the hospital that was injured. Mm-hmm. 
And I was getting nowhere with the hospital. I called a member of the board, and, man, things happened. They right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here, it was like throwing it in the trash can. They should have taken action. Say, hey, we can't operate a business this way. We're ethics. You know, yeah, that, that, absolutely. That's one, of, that's one of the issues we're dealing with today is ethics. My God. Yeah, human decency, man. Like what? Like I said, it's like at some point, where in the chain of command was it? Like, no, we're covering. Don't don't give this guy the video. It's like, yeah. that, come on, man. Like, what is wrong with these people? Yeah, well, I mean, the board of directors, with their fiduciary responsibility, should have taken action. Now, in the other example I gave, they took immediate action. Right. And and I went to a guy who was on the board who was president of a well-known corporation. I called him. I got right through to him, told him the story, and, man, things were resolved. Yeah. And and here, things weren't resolved. It's business as usual. And we, and we had meetings with the cruise lines. We had, I don't know, three or four meetings in Miami, and they said, oh, we're here to help you, and we want your suggestion. It was all baloney. Well, that's, that brings up an interesting uh, point that I was just thinking in a sense where it's like I'm sure you know I'm I'm sure the guy who or the people who covered this up are really uh, regretting their decision in a sense because they unleashed hell upon the industry in the form of uh, the ICV um, so have you ever sort of like had any like pushback from the cruise industry I mean I can't imagine they like would threaten you or anything like that but have you ever sort of like I mean what's been the interaction between you and the cruise industry I mean you're like public enemy number one to them I assume well <laughs> I, I'm not going to take a cruise let me let me phrase it that way you know I try oh, to, Jesus yeah I, I try to uh, yeah, act, I, I, I don't know how to phrase it as a gentleman with them I'm yeah. one of these top guys right you know, and and uh, they know where I'm coming from, and uh, you know I don't hound them. I mean, they they clearly know what we're thinking. Yeah. And if they choose to do the wrong thing, then that's their decision. They got to live with that. Yeah. We have to live with our decision, but they've never attacked me, Tim. You know, I could easily be subject to attack for whatever reason. Now, yeah. Before we got into this. It went public. The law firm that I had wrote me a letter and said, oh, Ken, he said, boy, you go public. Man, you got to get a separate lawyer to make sure you don't say something and somebody will sue you. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, yeah, when you said yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I said to myself, hey, I'm only going to say the truth. Well, there you uh, go, yeah. yeah. If you want to sue me over the truth, be my guest. And and went forward. But the law firm wrote me this letter and said, oh, you better get a separate lawyer because if you say the wrong thing, in public, they'll, they'll come after you. Well, they've never come after me, Tim. I think, I think in a way, Tim, I, I, maybe I'm probably wrong. I think they respect me. Well, they should, man. I have the world. I have a world respect for you. I think. Well, that, I, uh, you and know. the members of ICV. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I put you over all the time, and obviously, the group is like, you know, that's the. That's going to go on after you're gone, after I'm gone, you know, yeah. and, and and you know, and try and make changes. 
Uh, I, I mean, in a sense, I hope, you know, I hope that I hope that someday the ICV is sort of like a small operation in, in a sense where like there's not as many problems. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's well, like, that's crazy. what I hope. If, if, <laughs> we're, we're just trying to get enforced the things that we passed. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, and um, we've we've hit every every uh, wall we could hit in getting these things enforced, but we 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 ain't backing away from it. And no, no, you can't, man. Th- this press release today was gigantic to have this international standard boards come up with the standards for man overboard system. There's no excuse now. And companies already can meet those standards. Now, you say this is sort of like a let's put it into action kind of thing. Now, you say like that um, there's no excuse for them not to do it. Now, who – but who is going to – I, I guess your organization can make noise about it, the, the, the but like who? Card. Okay. The Coast Guard. There, there's a fine in the bill. Ah, okay. For not doing this. But why? So they couldn't. They just didn't do it because there was no set standard well, they, yet. They use, they use the well. We don't know if it's 100% effective and what the standards are and all that. Well, there are companies that had workable systems, clearly, <laughs> but they use that as an excuse. Yeah. And uh, just not to do it. I guess the point I'm trying to make now is like is someone now that this this international standard has been produced, who is going to go to the cruise ships now and be like, All right, now you have to enforce it? Well ostensibly, but presumably, who were we talking about that would do the that? The Coast Guard. Will they? Well they're supposed to. <laughs> okay. That that's their obligation to enforce these laws. And and uh so we we you know, keep trying to work with them. But uh, they're they're clearly have not, you know. People, you know, we pass this law. We go to Washington. We meet with the FBI. I've met with the FBI several times, and our members and the Coast Guard. And boy, the first few meetings with the FBI is like, who are these people? Who? Are, it's like a group of students from Florida going to Washington. Yeah. And they kind of give them courtesy of a meeting, but. Uh, then turn it off as they walk out the door. That's the way it was. Yeah. And there's been a woman at the Coast Guard who has really stood up for for what we're doing and has made a lot of these things happen. And and we need those people. So, you now, know. Now, you talked about Rockefeller. What are the uh, are there any other like champions for this cause in Congress? Because I would think that like. I mean, I, I'm sort of cynical in a sense. I was going to say I would think that, like, there would be politicians down in Florida who would sort of be on your side with this, but oh, then it's no, like no, no, they would no, probably no. get all the – they would probably get – they're the probably ones that are deepest uh, in bed with the cruise industry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> forget, forget the congressional people from Florida. Yeah. that's Yeah, as soon as I thought that, then I was like, well, wait a minute. That means they're probably on the take from the uh, – you know, or, or they get donations from, excuse me, yeah, from these. Yeah, well, cruise lines are based there. And, right. Yeah, so Jobs and all that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I mean, uh, Blum, Senator Blumenthal has really picked it up after Rockefeller. Yeah. He has really been extremely helpful. Mackey in Massachusetts has been helpful. Uh, Doris Matsui, in, in, who is in the House of Representatives, she has been extremely helpful. Yeah. Representative Poe is a Republican. He's been extremely helpful. And we need those people. But what we need is a more balanced Congress. <laughs> That's a, I don't know how to phrase it other than that. 
We, need we, we just need them to get along and pass some like obvious stuff that <laughs> you know that you know they, they should just be passing the obvious stuff first and worry about this big stuff they can't agree on later. But it's like they can't seem to get past that. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, I mean that's the way the system works. So you got to work the system and and stay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that's the only alternative, or just give up. Is there anything you can do, like, on a state level, or is it all sort of like uh, all just a national issue, in a sense? I, I, I didn't understand the question. Are there, like, could you do it? Could you, could you work with any sort of, like, state legislatures to change any laws? Well, the, the answer sense? is we just about passed a law in California. Yeah. Came very close. We got through the Senate, got through the House, until one committee, and the cruise lines got three guys not to vote, and the committee was the f- state of California wanted to put somebody on those cruise ships when it came into their water. Yeah. And so the answer is yes, uh, California has been an exception, and uh, we hope to do more with that. But our resources are limited. Right, right, right exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what what exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's only so many things you can do, but that that is on the agenda. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, just if you could do like an end run around the gridlock in, on a national level and try and yeah, make yeah. some kind of change on the... Uh, but but we're, we're chipping away, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys are doing uh, absolutely incredible work. As I said uh, at the beginning of the show, it's like, I mean, I joked uh, last time we talked, you know, I, I interview a lot of kooky folks on here and stuff, but the stuff you're doing is serious and important and, and you know, could save and almost certainly will save lives. Well, so. and your show brings that awareness to people, Tim. I like to think so, you know. Yeah. I mean, when I told people you were coming back on, they were all uh, excited and posting that, uh, that you know, that they that they remember the interview. That doesn't happen that's with, like, every guest we have. That, so. that, that's amazing. It struck a chord um, yeah, with the listeners. Well, I, that, that's good, and that says every little every little drop makes a difference. Absolutely. And, and, and your, your show that we did that put us on Coast to Coast – I hadn't even heard of Coast to Coast Radio until I did that interview. We did, we've ended up doing two. And, uh, my goodness, they're on 550 stations around the country. Yeah, I was happy to get you out there, man. When I, Like I said, when I first heard uh, – when I when I first did that conversation with you, I was like uh, – this is – I was telling everybody I knew. I mean, I still do. Like I said, I still – Tell people like you—you you would not believe what's going on in the cruise industry. You yeah. gotta—you gotta check out this guy Kendall Carver and, and international cruise victims. It's yeah, uh, well, it's absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, well, it's the work of the. It's, it's, I couldn't do it on my own. Believe me. I now, have you I, done like any? Have you done any? I, I saw on the thing that you, uh, something about Doctor Oz on the uh, yeah. on the web thing. What, what, what's going on with that? Were you was was they did they talk about the issue on Doctor Oz or something? Yeah, yeah, they did a whole segment. On international, they they had a, a a billboard in the back that showed all the pictures of all the victims. Oh wow! So you did like? A, were you on Doctor Oz? No, I wasn't wow. on it. I, I we had four four of our victims. Okay. Were on the Doctor Oz show, or five, maybe five. Yeah. And I, I want to get other people in front of the camera. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And do interviews. I don't, you know. <laughs> but but that, that was you'll do thing. you'll do Banal of America, but you're not going to do Doctor Oz, right? Well, I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do. But I'm older, Tim. I, I can't do this forever. I understand. Yeah, I can do it as long as I can do it. But, but fortunately, yeah, I guess one of my goals is to get 
people involved who are involved that carry the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, you know, an organization as good as not me, but as the people that are made up of it. And uh, I tell you, Tim, you get a group of victims organized, and man, you got a force that you can't turn back. I, I say that to any group, and it's like these students. You get a group of, of victims organized. It's a powerful voice to to move things forward. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, it's no one's really, you know, no one's crazy enough or sick enough or or you know, awful enough to like attack victims of cruise ship crimes. You know what I mean? Which which makes the whole issue, uh, you know, it goes back to sort of that maddening aspect of it, where it's like these these should be no brainer solutions, and you know. Uh, what, what, what I'm surprised that you, you call and we're doing a show, but in January we did, um, you know, several different. So I did two shows out of Miami on NBC in January. Uh, you know, we keep getting those calls to move things forward, and and that makes the difference. If they forgot about ICV, nobody would hear us. You know, we'd be off the radar, but. You know, uh, as I say, January I had two interviews with NBC in Miami, and this interview, and hopefully it'll lead to other interviews, and it does lead to other interviews, because we have, if a reporter calls Tim, we have the data they want to hear yeah. about the crimes and, and all of these things, and never do they come up with a negative story when you get done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no. And like you said, you're only going to tell the truth and, and, and share the facts with people and stuff. So. Yeah, and they can go to our website and look it up. Um, now, it's imperative, I think, that we cover this in a sense. And, I mean, we did this on the last show, but I think it's imperative that we do it again, you know, here on this show where it's just like, okay, for people who are listening – because, um, you know, there are people listening now that, that haven't heard our other shows and they're not going to go back and listen to them, or maybe they will, but who, at the risk that they don't. What should someone do if they're going to go on? If they're crazy enough after listening to us for the last 90 minutes talk about this nightmare of a situation, if they're still, um, you know, foolhardy enough to go on one of these cruises, what what should they do? What should, well, you know, what well, is well, the, well, what, well, what's the, what's the thing? the two categories, Tim. Mm-hmm. The cruise ships that are out of Los Angeles, New York, Miami, three or four day party cruises are the most dangerous. Ah. I mean, that is where the, the crimes really jump up and they're cheap. They're inexpensive, but that's where the issues really come up. Okay. The older cruises have less crime. What do you mean the older cruises? Well, all retired people. It's not saying they don't have crimes. Right, right, right. But how do you know that? Is that like an eight-day? I mean, how do you know it's all, reti- all, well, all retired? From, from statistics that have been developed, okay. we're, we're able to determine if it's, you know, I, I live with older people. You know, they're not out doing wild things. Yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. I'm just saying, like, okay, I'm, I'm, let's say I'm going to go book this cruise. Like, how would I know well, which? You, you, number one, you can go to... Department of Transportation Cruise Line Crimes. Okay. And the chances are you'll find 
the major cruise lines. And you'll be able to figure out sort of which one is yeah. the safest. Uh, in other words, they'll show Carnival. Yeah. And Royal Caribbean and and all the various ones, and they'll show. And you really got to take it not just one quarter, but go back over a year or a period of time. Mm-hmm. But you can see the differences in the crime level. And as, as was done in that article that you quoted earlier in the show, that actually was also in the USA Today. It started on Arizona Republic when then you Okay, yeah, that's right. I thought it looked like that. Yeah, picked it up. But that, that's one place to start. Secondly, they got to realize that when they go on a cruise ship, they're going to a to an island that has no police and unlimited drinks. Right. Now, what would you expect in an island that had unlimited drinks and no police? Mayhem. <laughs> well, well, depending on the nature of the group, yes. And that's exactly what happened this week on that ship in Australia. Ten-day cruise. Right. Thing went bananas. And, and uh, you know, people lock themselves in the room to protect themselves. My goodness. That's about as bad as it gets, you know. Yeah. And we, and we realize, even today, even though we're getting better crime report, we're not getting all the crimes. But to think that you're in, in the – realize you go on a cruise, you take your fine jewelry – Unless you can prove it's worth more than $10,000, you can't even file a claim. Yeah. So, so if you're a robber, boy, go to a cruise ship and, and take things knowing that if it's under $10,000, nothing's going to happen. You know, that, that that's pretty wide open. I mean, that's like going to a city saying, hey, gee, I can rob people here, and if under $10,000, which most of it probably is, Nobody's going to do anything. Right, right, right. I mean, that's kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's – yeah. I don't even know how – I mean, I would be in no position to be on a boat and lose $10,000. Believe me, Kendall. I don't <laughs> – no, I couldn't lose $10,000 here on the land because I don't got it. Yeah, right. Well, but, but people take – you know, older people take the yeah, finest, ju- finest jewelry. Yeah. Et cetera. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, the – Show off to the captain or whoever, and and that stuff is vulnerable. I mean, there's all kinds of crews. Oh, that's there's true. Robberies. Like yeah, like jewelry and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They, there's robberies, there's rapes. People get sick. An older person gets sick. Man, they're at risk on a cruise ship. Yeah, and, and they don't realize that. And um, you know, there's just all kinds of risks they're subject to. Now, if they say, okay, I understand all these risks, I'm going to do it anyway. God bless them. Right, right. You know, we're, we're not we're not going to put the cruise lines out of business. I think it's but, key, like that. You know, other things like people should be. You should never be alone on a cruise ship. A woman that's alone on a cruise ship is a target. Yeah, a target for whoever could be a crew member. Well, so many of these crimes are done by crew members, and uh, but but a single woman on a cruise ship is a target. Now, was my daughter single on a cruise ship? I don't know. I don't know if she's with somebody or not. Right. Who knows? We don't, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, but but you you are a target because if you take eight thousand people, you're going to have some criminals in part of that group, and nobody's going through a screening process to eliminate the cruise the crimes or the the people that do the crimes. 
That's just part of it. It's a city. That's Would true. You? I never thought of that, but like, um, yeah, like, you know, that thing like where like registered sex offenders have to like go around and tell people that, uh, you know, that they were convicted of the crime or whatever. It's like, yeah. I assume they don't have to do that on a cruise ship. No. But they, <laughs> so, they, you know, they, I mean, if that's... They, if they commit the crime, that's what I was talking about earlier on, on minors, and the person doesn't get convicted that did the crime because they're labeled a sex offender the rest of their life. Yeah. Uh, you know, people don't know that these people are sex offenders. There's all kinds of sexual crimes as we're reading in the paper today more than I want to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I just mean, yeah, I just mean like there's no, you know, anybody can buy a ticket on a cruise ship, folks. It's yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if I think, I'm not like necessarily saying like that we, that I mean, I don't want to infringe on people's rights, I guess, in a sense, but it's like you need to be aware of that, folks, that like there's no, you know, there's just no, it's the wild west out there. Yeah, well, you're, you're you're operating with limited rights. Our bill has given people rights, but they got to know that they that they do have the rights and they should exercise those rights. And they ought to be told. I think, frankly, I've tried to uh, move this forward. I haven't yet. That before any victim on a cruise line says anything, they sign a statement saying, "I know what my rights are," and they're to you know call the FBI or whatever. In Arizona, if you commit a crime, the police can't interview you without your saying that kind of a statement. Yeah. That should apply to cruise lines. So yeah. People, hope people become aware of it. But the cruise lines are in business. It's a way to uh, entertain people. That's fine. Uh, but it should be safe. And when a crime occurs, action taken. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the key. You know, you're never going to stop all crime, but when it happens, appropriate action is taken. You know, if I go outside and kick somebody, the police are going to kill If a woman's <laughs> yeah. raped and goes to the hospital, the police are going to be there. Yeah. There's going to be somebody there to give that person their rights. And that's just not, yeah, that's just not the case on the cruise ships. And, it's, no. uh, and like we said, uh, to sort of keep it, in a sense, in the vein of... Um, you know, what people should be doing if they actually are, 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 like I said, foolhardy enough to do one of these cruises is, you know, we stressed it earlier, but we can't stress enough. If something happens, you you should contact the FBI. Like, don't rely on, you know, immediately bypass the cruise company because they're not going to help you. And if you've got a major you. illness, going on a cruise ship, you're putting yourself at risk. Because what happens, older people get on. Hmm who have some kind of condition, a serious condition, and they can't get the treatment on a cruise ship, and they die, and they can't take action. Nobody can. Well, the person themselves have to uh, take some responsibility for putting themselves in that position. Yeah. But once they're in that position, then they're on their own, you know. I wonder, in a sense, like, if... uh you know, it's just completely off sort of like topic from what your specialty is. And I don't expect you to really answer. I'm sort of musing, but it's like, it just makes me wonder about other industries and things like that where where you'd be shocked that it's similar to the cruise line. And like, you know, I'm thinking about like something like Disneyland or something like that. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if a, a lot of the problems that plague the cruise industry are the same 
with uh, with with you know ame- giant amusement parks like that and stuff. Well, sure. And and you know something something I've just become aware of in the last year that airlines have these crimes of sexual crimes. I I didn't even think that was possible. But yeah, I've heard stories like that in, on on yeah, or it's like how did that happen on a on a plane? But yeah, I've heard them too. Yeah. <laughs> I find that so. Any any time you're in a public situation like that, uh, but if you're if you're on a train or something like that, you're in the U.S. You 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 know you can take action. Yeah, exactly. If you're at Disneyland, you can like leave and go to the Anaheim Police or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can call them to come in, and, yeah, they, and, and they can get there. Disneyland has got their <laughs> reputation is at stake. Right, exactly. With yeah, little kids running around. But they have cruise ships too, don't they? Yeah, they do. Then you got some of the same problems. You know, yeah. Would, so you wonder if that would be an angle to worth like pursuing to try and pressure, write them a letter, and be like, "Hey, man, this." <laughs> you know, well, I don't well, know if you've got I, any dealings I, I, with them. We've, we've considered that, and Disney, there's been some indication that they have added man overboard systems. I can't verify that one way or the other, but they've taken a more proactive approach. But I can't. I can't confirm that, Tim. Yeah. So. Well, I tell you what. If somebody from Disney is listening right now, and that's actually possible, if the, if, if whoever's in charge of the Disney Cruise Line, um, they should be listening to whatever Kendall's talking the about. Rules, the rules of the bill that we passed. Right. If they if they if, if they really want to, the the smart thing to do would be to get ahead of this story, guy from yeah. Disney, and and if they if they came out tomorrow and they were like, you know. We we're the safest cruise line possible, you know. We heard all these stories, and we we've implemented all of the things that the International Cruise Victims Association has suggested. Then everybody else would have to follow suit. If one yeah. just got on board, no. Well, Disney. We had a case a couple years ago. A little girl got on an elevator, and the the steward molested the little girl. They had it on video. Jesus Christ! You know, on a Disney cruise. So I guess we're barking up the wrong tree with Disney, because <laughs> then that would immediately probably uh, yeah, come but, out but in the news. Very, yeah, I, I I like your suggestion, and I think we need to follow up on it. Yeah, I mean, if you pushed, if, like, like I said, if one, what's that? What'd you say, Colonel? I said we'll work with anybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, look at me. I'm just some miscreant. You're on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um. Yeah, but like I said, I mean that that it's all. I feel like if you hit these people in a sort of like public relations way, it would really, um, you know. And I know I'm not. I'm like you guys are doing yeoman's work, so I'm just sort of throwing ideas out there, like how how could we make, how could we sort of move this even further? And it's like to me, well, you, you know, pressuring them that way. I, I got to tell you about an airplane flight I made. I want to say six years ago, or when, maybe yeah. ten years ago, whatever. You sit next to the guy. And you say, what do you do and what do I do? And the guy worked for a company called Business Wire. Uh, do you know what Business Wire is, Tim? No. Oh, I didn't know what it was. It sounds like it's like a news, uh, like a like a like a business news website or something. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Oh. And the guy said to me, "Hey, Ken," he says, "For free, I will send out a press release for you." As a, a, a your five hundred one c three organization, yeah. Well, we did that, and we get and on important items like yesterday, we just sent a business wire out 
goes all around the world telling our story, thousands of hits on it. And and we can kind of force that story up. Then a lot of times, then the goal is that newspapers pick it up. Right, and they right. publish it. But this little thing, and it costs us a minimal amount of money to use something like Business Wire that gives us a professional press release that gets, and we get the statistics back. Yeah. But, but thousands of hits that we're able to move the story. Right. And if it's a major story, we know the reporters to call, you know, to get it on. You know, last yeah. Last year we had the Wall Street Journal. ABC, we just had a lot of them, and a lot of that was due to that uh, those two sisters who took this thing on. Oh, with the parents in Peru. Yeah, and their passion—they got a lot of press. Well, like I said, yeah, I mean, this is that's and that's such a unique case that it's like that's what they, you know, yeah, well, that's the what they that the media latches onto in Peru on a ferry boat. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's you know. Oh, now we – I asked you about this way, way, way at the beginning of the show. Do you, do you have – because it's funny. I saw the commercials for these, these European riverboat yeah. cruises, and I was like, okay, I know Kendall Carver. I'm well aware of the issues and, and everything, and, like, I would never – I mean, the, the only way I would go on one of those crazy cruises that we're talking about is, like, as a fact-finding mission to see, yeah. to see for myself what this, what this environment's like. And even then, I'd, I don't, I'd be very, very, like, scared to do it. Yeah. Well, um, but I thought about it, you know. Yeah, well, uh, we don't want people scared. A ferry boat in Europe is not under our U.S. laws because that boat Obviously, doesn't yeah. leave the United States or come back to the United States. And there are things that happen on a ferry boat. The thing about a ferry boat is you're close to land all the time. Right, right. So that uh, I'm going to guess, and we don't have statistics, that you might be a little safer because of your ability to get off that ship quickly. Uh, and that's, that's speculation on my part. But they all have risk. And you'd assume that the boats are, like, maybe they don't have the same shenanigans as here, where it's like the boat sailing down the river through Europe is not actually chartered in the Bahamas, I hope. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So I, I, can't, I can't judge river boats. Okay. Except for this one in Peru. Yeah, that's why, yeah, it scared me. <laughs> yeah, no, would that carry on further? I don't know. We just haven't had that many cases. Right, right. Uh, we're, we're talking about cruise uh, cruise ships. Yeah, more cruise ships more than anything. <laughs> yeah. But but um, everything has risks, and people have to use some judgment on their part. But you got to know when you're more at risk and, and take appropriate action. Right. And And to leave your kids on a ship on their own, and let's say they've got a, a program for youth. Some of those programs have been run by pedophiles because they're attracted to that clientele. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's what I was sort of suggesting with, like, the idea that, like, people don't have to, you know, uh, tell these hiring companies probably about their background in a sense. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So it's like it. the, the background check thing comes back in that in that way. Yeah, you come out of Indonesia – you can't check the guy's background. There's right. no FBI check. You know, and their job is to hire people and keep them coming for the cruise lines. They get a fee for that. Right, right. You know, 
And I, and I think it's important to say, like like I said before, I mean, somebody wants to go and be a chef on a cruise ship, it's like more power to him. They're a good person, more power to him. It's like, they, you know, we we talk about on the show conspiracies, and it's like we always say, you know, it's like, the, oh, the government's doing this and that. It's like we're not talking about the mailman here, folks. Like it, there's a lot of fine, decent people working on cruise ships. I think it's mm-hmm. important to say, you know what I mean? Because I can imagine somebody listening to this right now, and they're like, hey, man, I'm a chef on a cruise ship, and – no. You know, I'm not no, a dirtbag, no, and no, no, you're no, not, it's, man, you know. It's, it's just a job. They like the job. Right. But there's a lot of low-paid, marginal people working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and you're not going to get the highest clientele or employee to work them seven days a week cleaning rooms. Out on the high seas. On the high seas. Right. So, yeah, you're, I mean, that's a really. Yeah, that's not going to limit. That's not going to attract a college graduate. <laughs> right, right. Unless they're off finding themselves for a year right. or something. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I felt like I should say that because it's like, you know, I understand where it's like we don't want to paint people with some kind of brush that, like, you know, if you go on a cruise ship, you just look at everybody with a, with a, <laughs> a worried eye. It's like, yeah, no, 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 no. Right. Well, yeah, it's like any place. There's good people and bad people. Exactly. And you got to worry about the bad people. Right, right. And, and it's in a sense, it's like you said earlier. It's like you got eight thousand people collected on this ship. It's like, you know, it's human oh, nature. Yeah, there are some bad. Different. Kind of. <laughs> What's that? No, I mean, you got eight thousand people. Some of them could be bad. Some people are going to have certain traits that are not positive. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the problem here, sort of circling back to the. The issue at large is that in every other place, like we said, Disneyland or on an airplane or uh, other places, like there are systems in place to deal with the bad people. Yeah. But on the cruise ships, there are no systems in place. Yeah, well, they, they have security that reports to the cruise line, and the cruise line is responsible, legally responsible, when these crimes happen. That's why they want to minimize them. Right, right. That's the ostensible uh, system in place. Right. But, but but as we've discussed over the course of the show, you know, the system is broken, folks, you know, in a big way. Well, it, need, it needs uh, further correction. I'll phrase it that way. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we keep plugging away, Tim. Well, like I said, Kendall, you're doing amazing work. And, uh, I, I mean, I can't, I can't put you over enough. And the ICV, of course um, – you know, it's a it's an amazing team. I hope to sort of get to know some of these other folks, you yeah, know, in, in future good, yeah. years. Um, and to hear their stories. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah. talked about this off the air where it's like among the many post-BOA uh, audio projects I want to do is something with the ICV because I think this, this topic is so ripe for exploration and, uh, you know, yeah, the, no, the well, stories I, I are would encourage it, shocking. I mean, you've heard my story, but it's, I'm just one of of hundreds. Exactly. Yeah. And folks, you know, everybody's kicking around these GoFundMe's and things like that. Just throw some money towards the uh the international cruise victims and if you so, can. I mean, whether it's ten dollars or or hundred dollars or whatever. I mean yeah. to run an organization like this costs money. And and uh, when you're going strictly on donations and a lot of our victims don't have a lot of money. I mean they they, they took a cruise ship because it was cheap. Exactly. And, yeah, and they don't have money to, you know. Fortunately, we've had enough people that have supported us 
to let us pay the bills and move forward, and that's been important. Like putting out a press release. That, exactly. That's, a, that's an important item, but it costs money. Exactly. So if people can help out the ICV, I'm sure it'll be, uh, as you yeah, can see, it'll be hugely appreciated. At the very top is a place for donations. Yeah. And you can use your credit card. So. Yeah, and the thing is, too, it's like, you know, I was thinking about it as I was talking to you just now about this, and it's like, there are a million charities out there, folks, but with a lot of them, with most of them, you, you know, really don't know where where that money's going. And I'm sure they do good work, but it's like there's all kinds of problems with charities. We've, we've talked to Kendall. We know what they're doing. We know they're trying to make real substantive changes to this cruise industry. Um, you know, you know your money's going to be well spent. So help him out. Paid, help them out. Nobody gets paid anything, Tim. There you go. Exactly. So yeah, There are no expenses. You know. Well, I feel passionate about this subject, uh, Kendall. Every time I talk to you, it gets me all fired up. So we're going to hope it fires up some of the people in your audience, Tim. I hope so, and I think so. And uh, for the people who hadn't heard you before, I think uh, they should go check out the previous interviews because we covered a lot of the same ground, but a lot of uh, even more depth on this stuff, too. Um, And and so I hope that people check those out and check out your – your website, internationalcruisevictims.com. That's where they can – What's Oh, dot .org. I'm sorry. Yeah. Internationalcruisevictims.org. And uh, it's this, – this, I mean, you, you kind of like you, – you joked about the website earlier, but I like it because it's like uh, there's just tons of links here for people to explore. Well, no, so. that, that's the reason it's so complicated. It's got so much. Yeah. That you can't hardly replace it. You know. Yeah, well, this is, like I said, it's an incredibly complex topic. Um, there are so many elements to it, uh, which I think is that, I think that's another reason why I find this so fascinating. This isn't some cut-and-dry um, mystery or something. This is like, as you said, it's a phenomenon with a lot of elements to it that each one is just absolutely jaw-dropping. So um, we'll, well be anyway, talking. We, we appreciate your support, Tim. Oh, one hundred percent, man. One hundred and ten percent. You know, I'm whatever I can do to help you guys out. You know, I'm I'm there for you. So, Good. and thank you for for you know the the many riveting conversations over the years, and I'm sure uh, we're gonna have a, a you know a lot more work to do. So, uh, I look forward to that, and thank you for being a friend of the program all these years. Our pleasure, Tim. All right. Have a good night, Kendall. All right, there you go. That was Kendall Carver, internationalcruisevictims.org. As I said, I'm still fired up. I get, I get really – this topic just is, to me um, – I, I sort of teased it tonight with uh, with Kendall, but I, I definitely think once we wrap up Season 10 and I start putting together sort of sub-projects here in the future, I think, um, you know, the Kendall Carver – ICV story is one that I definitely want to explore in depth because there's so really is so much to this story. It is unbelievable. And I, uh, I'm stunned that it hasn't become a national phenomenon, uh, in, in, in the spotlight, if you will, 15 minutes of fame, whatever you want to call it in the news cycle. Um, you know, one, <laughs> one Kardashian, something happens to a Kardashian on a cruise ship. This thing's going to change overnight, but I guess you could say that about a lot of this stuff uh, we talk about on the program. Uh, with that in mind, because of the uh, uncertainty with Kendall last week, I'm glad he's feeling better. Um, we didn't we didn't book a guest yet for next week, so I wanted to make sure Kendall was going to be available tonight. So, uh, but I have it's been a struggle in a sense, folks, in a weird way, because I've 
But I've been trying to figure out, like, how to wrap this up. And I think, finally, I've at least come up with sort of a a way to make this work. And eventually I'll sort of explain <laughs> uh, how that all how that all works. Um, but but it, 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 it's just complicated, you know, to sort of, like, stick the landing on this. But... Uh, I think I, I think I know what the hell I'm doing. This, and for the people who follow me on Twitter, like a month ago, I said I think I figured it out, and I was wrong. So, <laughs> so, um, so now I think the second idea here is is probably how we'll we'll wrap it up. But we'll see. It's been crazy. Um, you know, I I, I I I got blown out by that William Zabel interview and and the double episode in January. Um, with Greg Bishop and the Tyler Coke John show, but doing the double one and then just threw everything out of out of whack it seemed after the holidays. And I was I teased this story in a sense on my birthday. This I I, I it's a really strange sort of thing. I feel like I don't even know. I I almost don't want to talk about it, but I I feel like I will. Um, and that was so it's like my birthday. On uh, it was a Friday night. We were going out to eat, and I don't know about anybody else, but I'm one of these like people that gets like all existential on their birthday and is like, oh, you know, what does life mean? How far have I come? What have I, what have I accomplished? All that, all that sort of fun uh, pursuit of thought, and and so we're you know we're going out to go out to the car to go out to eat. And all these ambulances and cops pull up, and I'm like, oh no, what the what the hell's going on? And my neighbor, my dear uh, elderly neighbor, who's like 80 something years old, um, they whisked her off to the hospital, and she died of the flu. And I've known her my whole life. Well, I knew her my whole life, and it was like, whoa. So it just like threw me for like sort of a really uh, weird existential loop. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to like. I don't know. It was too weird and complicated to like mention on the on the show. I mean, on the on the uh, on the Facebook page when I posted something about it on my birthday, because it was like people had already bombarded me with these uh, <laughs> happy birthday wishes. So if I was like, "Yeah, the strangest thing happened," you know, I was afraid that like I would be slammed with like weird condolences. But you know, uh, rest in peace, Angie O'Keefe. She was awesome. She was a great a great lady and um yeah, it was just really like weird. It was she's super religious. It was it was akin in my mind to like the Pope dying. It was like, whoa, like this person's gone. Um, you know, who was this towering sort of like I don't know, person throughout my life. Not like on a regular basis, but someone who was like a fixture of my life. It was my neighbor. Um it was really uh yeah, it was really sort of like unsettling. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know why I'm talking about all this, but uh, I guess just to talk about sort of the pause there between William Zabel and tonight's show with Kendall Carver. And so I've got like a rough sketch of the path ahead. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to roll on week to week for the next few weeks until sort of everything gets locked in and uh, solidified. So I don't even want to put an end date yet on anything, but I, I would like to sort of at the very least wrap it all up sort of before we hit the year mark on this season. So, or on the very day, which would be kind of nice and symbolic. Um, 
but th- that that would be sort of like your time frame. And so, with all that said, thank you to everyone who's been listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope uh, I have a feeling maybe they were like first time listeners, uh, maybe tuning in tonight. And so I hope they uh, I hope they come back for more. It's not it's not really usually a show like this, but at the same time, uh, this may be like the most as I've said before, important shows that uh, we could do, you know. Listen to what Kendall had to say, folks. If you're going to go on one of these cruises, um, you know, listen to what he had to say and know know what you're getting into. Trust me, know what you're getting into because uh, it's some really scary stuff. Uh, internationalcruisevictims.org. Until next time, this is Tim and all. Thank you for listening.